Welcome back to Hopeful Harvest Acres. This is Abby, and on today's episode, we are on week three of our legacy study, focusing on kingdom building. If you would, grab your Bibles and a cup of coffee, and let's jump right in. Welcome back, friends. I'm glad you're joining me as always. I'm really enjoying this legacy study. I'm learning so much. I hope that you are as well. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am going through a nine-week series called Legacy, Legacy Study, and each week we focus on a different topic. This week we're going to be focusing on kingdom building. We have already addressed two different topics, the first one being your tombstone, and the second last week was focusing on four pursuits. But this week we're going to switch it up a little bit and we're going to focus on kingdom building in that what kingdom are you building? Are you building a kingdom for yourself or are you building a kingdom for the Lord? The first thing that I want to talk about is that at our church, we have a really awesome program called the Growth Track. Now, the a church that I attend is a large church in that you can't possibly know every single person in that congregation. We have three different services. There are a lot of new faces coming in and out every single week. And so one thing that they do to try to get people connected is they have implemented this program called the Growth Track. And this is a program where they have people who will be designated to meet with you. If you say, hey, listen, I want to grow in my faith. I want to take steps in my walk with Jesus what do I need to do? Sometimes this can be very overwhelming and we need a mentor, so to speak. We need someone to disciple us. And so our church does a wonderful job of getting you connected with the right individuals who are going to be able to disciple you. And they're going to take you through a four-week course where they're going to talk to you about what does it mean to walk with Jesus? What does that look like? How can we assist you? And ultimately, it's about building God's kingdom. And so I just want to make you all aware that if you do not have a home church, you're looking for a church, Christ Church in Effingham will take you in. If you are hungry for the word of God, let them feed you with his word each week and let them also walk alongside you as you take steps in your faith. Well, friends, kingdom building, let's jump in. The primary focus that we have to look at today is the heart. The heart is the foundation of everything for how we can determine what kingdom we are building. The Bible, God's word is all about addressing the motives of your heart. And no one can truly know the motives of your heart, only you and the Lord. Sometimes you yourself don't even truly recognize what your heart's intentions are. Now, I'm not referring to that thing inside of your chest that you get a checkup on, the thing that began to pump an early development inside of your mother's womb and continues to do so until your time here on this earth is over. That's not the heart. I think we often think about the heart and like, oh, my achy, breaky heart. No, I think that the heart is directly connected to your conscience. So when the Bible speaks about your heart, it's referring to your thought process and why you do and think the way that you do. And God's concerned about it. Now, this study gives an example about a very wealthy businessman. He was so successful that he decided to give away 90% of his income each year. 
wow, you would think, what a generous guy. But here's the thing. From the outside, you cannot simply determine the motives just by looking at the actions of an individual. It's always a heart issue. And so if you looked at this gentleman and you thought, well, he's giving away his his money, I mean, right, you would possibly think that he was doing this with good intentions, but it wouldn't in, wouldn't be until you perhaps got to know this gentleman. You saw the way that he lived his life. You heard the way that he spoke. That is when you would be able to judge him on a more righteous level because you would know him more intimately and you could perhaps say this man loves the Lord. He is giving with a generous heart because he loves God. Even still, we can be deceived, friends. Our own hearts are deceitful. Above all things, who can understand it, truly? And so if we get too caught up in overanalyzing someone's life to see what the intentions of their heart is, well, we're not spending enough time focusing on our own. Now, a story that I want to tell is about this heart issue exactly. Because here's the thing. We can be on fire for God and we can perhaps start out on the right track in that we are trying to build God's kingdom. We have searched God's word. He has put something on our heart our mind, and we are taking steps forward in faith to pursue God in growing his kingdom. But oftentimes, I believe this is a daily, often even moment by moment realization that must take place. We need to be analyzing what our motives truly are. And we should be asking ourselves daily, are we building God's kingdom? Or are we building our own? This last December, I hosted a ladies gathering where I brought women into my home. I had taken a step in faith to do this. I believed that this was something that God had put on my heart. I wanted it to just be an intimate setting where these ladies were able to talk, enjoy food, just be surrounded by other Christian women who loved the Lord. It would be like just a night to just relax and enjoy themselves. And my heart was in the right place, friends. I was overjoyed to open up my home. I have a heart for this, to bring people in and to show hospitality in that God has given me so, so much. None of this is my own. It's God's. And I recognize that. I recognize that every morning. But at the same time, every morning, I also have to be checking my motives. On the morning that this event was going to take place, after over a month of planning and working with a few of my other friends to get everything in line to make this a beautiful evening for these ladies, my heart began to drift. I began to get well, a little self-focus. I was more concerned with making sure everything was perfect and how this was going to make me look than I was with how this was going to give God glory. And I praise the Lord that he has put people in our lives that are going to walk alongside us. God has gifted people in many different ways. This is why we need the body of Christ because an arm is an arm and a leg is a leg. And 
by themselves, well, they're useless. We need to work together. And so my dear friend showed up that evening for this event and she could just see the stress all over my body. I was I was yelling at my children. I was yelling at my husband. I wanted them to get out of my house because while well, this event was happening and they were in my way, just move. And then last minute, I had a friend who said, I'm not going to be able to come tonight. It's just not going to work out. I was really hoping she could come. My heart was nasty. I was thinking, oh, how could she do this to me? She's known how important this is. And I wanted this to be a night that she could come and enjoy herself. And how could she just do this to me? And do you see how something that was about God quickly and very subtly turned into something that was about me and what I wanted and about my feelings? And that, friends, is wrong. But that is what this study today is focusing on. It's focusing on making sure that you're checking your motives frequently. First and foremost, if you're not living your life for the Lord, I want to ask you the question, what legacy are you going to leave behind? Is it a legacy for yourself or is it a legacy for God? Because as we address on episode number one of this study, if you leave behind a legacy for yourself, it will last for a short while, but it will eventually fade with time. But if you leave behind a legacy for the Lord, it will be one that will last for all eternity. And so before you can even ask what kingdom you're building, you have to address that question. What legacy are you leaving? If you have determined that, yes, you are walking with the Lord and yes, you see that you are building his kingdom, friends, do not be so quick to think that you will not fall into the trap of making it about you. We are all susceptible to this. We need Christian friends to help hold us accountable. We must consistently be in God's word. Why do we study God's word? Why do we take it seriously? Because, friends, the devil prowls around like a lion seeking to devour. He is ever there having us ask the question, did God really say? It's the same tricks that he's been playing since the beginning of time. His schemes are not new. But if we're not in God's word, we aren't going to be able to know how to defend ourselves against these lies that often infiltrate our hearts, our minds. And so step number one, go to God's word. What does it say? I believe that's the heart of how we can pursue building a kingdom for God rather than for ourselves. Another important topic is that Everything God is doing is not for our own sake. It is for his. It is for his glory. He doesn't begin this good work in us for ourselves. He begins this good work in us for him. In Ephesians 2.10, it said, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Everything that God is doing in us and through us is for his holy name. This is why people whom God has saved 
He cannot just leave them where they're at. People who profess Christ and they show no evidence that they have been saved by God's grace, they have not encountered the true God. I love how Paul Washer says, you cannot come in contact with a giant truck that runs you over on the highway and not walk away changed. There will be some evidence that you have contacted the risen Christ. Friends, people say, we don't see miracles today. Well, I argue in that the the greatest miracle we could ever witness is seeing a sinner repent, turn from their ways, and give their life to God. And the evidence of that is that they were once someone, and now they are someone totally different. The Bible tells us that the angels in heaven are rejoicing over one sinner repenting. For because of that one soul has been saved from darkness. It's a big deal. No, we may not see miracles in the way that they were being done during the time of Jesus's ministry or during the time that the apostles were given authority to practice in that way. I don't believe that we're going to see them in that way. I don't believe that we should be seeking to perform the things that the apostles were doing. But it is a miracle to witness someone give their life to God, but it's God's work. It's not our own. And if you're going out and you're doing kingdom building, it's easy to get caught in the trap that it's something that you may have done, but it's not. It's what God has done in you and what he is now doing through you. When we were down at the Answers for Women's Conference, the musician that was doing all of the the beautiful songs for us between each speaker. He said that after he gave his life to the Lord, he was in a big name Christian band. And at these performances, they would do a, I guess you could call it an, an altar call for any individual who was there and they hadn't yet given their life to God. And he said there would be dozens upon dozens of people who would come forward just weeping over their sins. Again, you cannot judge that that person has truly given their life to the Lord just by an outer act of what they're doing. Sure, that is where it should begin. People should come to the realization of who they are and who God is and how great he is being rich in mercy for the great love for which he loved us, that even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive in Christ. He died for you and I. That's a big deal. But it may take time for someone to truly embrace who they are in Christ and for us to see them taking steps in their faith. And so we can't truly ever know someone's true heart just because they're coming forward at a concert like this which could very much be based on emotionalism the songs the people the environment but this man said that his heart was in the wrong place that he was trying to take the glory and because of that he would have to totally isolate himself he would he would just leave the stage he would go to his tour bus he would find himself like almost in a fetal position in the back of the bus until he could really say god i don't want to take the glory but my heart's trying to and it's wrong it's wrong 
And I love that. I love that because each of us as Christians, we should always be checking our heart. We should always be checking our motives. And if it's about us, well, it's not about God because friends, we cannot be building God's kingdom and our own at the same time. You can't have a hammer and both hand going at it. Now you could, you could. But that's not what God has in store for your life. And you may work and toil here under the sun for the name of Christ and never see the true benefits of what God's wanting to do. And if that's the case, I believe you should evaluate what you're doing because you might be trying to build your own kingdom without even realizing it. But at the same time, if you're trying to build your kingdom and God's kingdom at the same time, well, I think you need to evaluate your heart there too because you're missing out on the joy that God has for you in this life. And friends, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to have days where you think, is this worth it? And yes, it is because there is an eternal glory awaiting you. It's about God and the sake of his holy name that he's building his kingdom. One of the questions in this study is, what area areas of your life are you still trying to build your own kingdom more consistently in? Again, what areas of your life are you still trying to build your own kingdom most consistently in? Now, for me... I have to really stop with the I statements or me statements. You know, realize that each of us will individually stand before God and give an account for our life. And so there is an accountability that each of us have, yes. But once you are in Christ, once you have been washed by the blood of Jesus, and you are made new in him, we have to really change our perspective about making it me, I statements, like I said, because it's really not about us. It's all about God. Remember, it's all about building his kingdom. We're building a legacy for the Lord. And so for myself, I really have to fight through the drive to be an individual. And I think that our culture has a lot to do with this. Ever since I was a young girl, everything in my life has really revolved around me. Thinking back to my early childhood education your test scores, doing different sports competitions. Most of it was an individual sport. Even the sports that you were working together in, you'd get awards for what you did, graduating and going off to college and going through nursing school. It's about individualism. But the thing with Christianity is that it's, it has nothing to do with individualism. And I think that we see this 
fully whenever we read this passage from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Chapter 12, 12 of 1 Corinthians says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. So think about this for a minute. For as the body is one, again, think about the different extremities that you have. They each serve a different purpose. And yet, you wouldn't have a body if you didn't have each of those individual extremities working together to accomplish the goal of of moving your body. Again, the eye has a different purpose, but they all come together in unity. And so it is with each of us as believers in Christ. We each have been perhaps given different gifts that we are to use for the glory of God, for the sanctification of fellow believers, for the edification of the church. We are not to just use them for ourselves. And so it is with our weaknesses. We as believers do not have to lose heart in areas where we are lacking because There are fellow believers who we can glean from when we surround ourselves with other Christians. And so the area of my life that I was trying to build my own kingdom in was that I was trying to do it too much as an individual. And I did this for longer than I would like to admit, but I praise the Lord for opening my eyes that I'm not doing this alone because it's not about me. It's about God. It's about the kingdom he's wanting to build through the believers that he has redeemed. You know, each of us as believers, God refers to us as living stones. We're being built up into a royal priesthood. We are, our bodies are temples of the living God. And yes, we are each our own person. But we are one in Christ. And I think that God has broken down a really big barrier in my heart with me finally coming to grips with that. And if you are trying to live your life as a Christian, as an individual, can I encourage you that God has bigger plans for you? I'm not trying to sound like a prosperity preacher here. First of all, I'm not a preacher, but hear me out. I don't want my words to sound like a charismatic because that's not the point. God does have more in store for you. Be willing to step out in faith. Stop making it about you. Stop making it about the kingdom you want to build and start building God's kingdom and see big things happen. The next question that I want to address is what is holding you back from seeking to give up on building your own kingdom. What's holding you back? Could it be your pride? Could it be your unwillingness to humble yourself before the Lord to take those steps in faith because your pride is keeping you from taking those steps? Friends, we have to be willing to humble ourselves. We have to be willing to perhaps make ourselves vulnerable at times. 
We must not seek our own feelings. We must not do based on our emotions, but rather what is pleasing and honoring to the Lord. So what's holding you back from building God's kingdom and giving up on building your own? Now I want us to identify a time in our lives when our desires shifted from the kingdom that we ourselves were trying to build and we put our focus on the kingdom that God is wanting to build. And what were the little shifts that occurred leading up to this major change? Now, I hate to make it all about me here, friends, because the point is I'm trying to break away from being an individualist. But considering you're listening to a podcast here and this is not a two-party conversation, I'm going to use my own life experiences. So hear me out. The book wants us to identify a time in our life, my life, where there was a shift of building God's kingdom over my own. And I will say that this has been something that has slowly been chipped away over time because I have been consistently reading God's word. God has been consistently breaking down different areas of my heart that were hardened and softening them to his word. And through my faith that he has given me, I have continued to take steps toward building God's kingdom versus my own. What does this look like? What has this looked like in my life? Well, first of all, it looks like a good and gracious father loving his daughter so much that through discipline he has been chafing away areas that had no part in my heart. They needed to go. They needed to go. And I love this question. I hope that you will all take the time to really think about little shifts that have occurred leading up to this big change in your life. If you have not yet saw that it's all about God's kingdom, that is my biggest prayer for you today, that you would take away from this episode what needs to happen so that your legacy can be about God and not yourself And the kingdom that you're building can be about God and not yourself. So I hope that you will think about that and that you will also think about the shifts that need to take place. And perhaps you're already there and you can reflect back and you can see God working in your life. And all those little shifts have brought you to exactly where you are today. This is awesome. I, I love talking about what God wants to do in our lives because it's huge and it starts with reading his word. I say that constantly because that is the only way that we can know God. That is the only way that we can know what our heavenly father expects from us, how he wants us to live is by reading his word. I think too often we look for outer signs. We look for God to hit us in the back of the head with a brick. I don't know about you, but I personally don't want to be hit in the back of the head with a brick. I would rather, through his loving word, 
read, be convicted, and then see where God wants to change my mind, where he wants to work, where he wants to see me act in faith. And so if you are living your life hoping that something would fall from the sky and hit you in the head, and that would be your reason to move forward with doing something that God is calling you to do, can I encourage you? Just go to his word. What does it say? It's trustworthy. And so the last question here is, how does spending regular time in the word of God enrich and protect our hearts? Well, again, friends, God's word is trustworthy. We talked about how the enemy, he he's the father of lies. And he is in the business of getting us to question, did God really say the same thing he's been doing since Adam and Eve were in the garden? Knowing God's word helps us counteract those lies that we are confronted with. The more that we replace lies with truth, the more we become like Jesus. God is in the business of changing hearts. He doesn't leave us where he finds us. His children will be made into his son's image. Not fully until we are forever with him. But while we are here on the earth, God wants to change us. He wants to mold us just as a potter takes the clay and creates it into a beautiful masterpiece. There may be times he has to totally smash it down and start from scratch. And so it is with our lives. But realize we're not the potter. We're the clay. And what God wants to do is always good. What a blessing to be here today. I enjoy this study so much and I hope that you all do as well as I go through and prepare with my notes, with my reading of scripture. It is just remarkable to see how much we can grow in the Lord and how God is wanting to use us if we would just act in faith and through obedience do what he's asking us to do. So I hope that you were blessed by this episode. I hope that you will get into God's word and you will see what does God want you to do next in your life. May you seek to build his kingdom and not your own. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you soon.